Welcome to the Career Matters Podcast and I am your host Nisar Ahmad. I'm the founder and editor of the blog careermatters.com and this is episode 49 of the podcast and this particular episode is part of uh, what I call a day in the life of series. Uh, in each of these episodes I'll be conducting interviews for, with individuals from a particular career. So the goal of these interviews is if you are interested in this particular line of work or you are even curious what is involved in this in this line of work you will learn from these interviews for today's episode i'm speaking with a psychiatrist nurse and our guest name is jennifer fenton uh, jen jennifer will be sharing her experience how she got started uh, where she stands today some of the things that she enjoys in the role some of the challenges um, and other things as well so uh, jennifer pl- welcome to the podcast thank you for having me so is it called a psychiatric nurse or is that the right term or is there another term? Yes. Yes. I am a registered nurse and I work in psychiatric units, behavioral health, mental health. That's the population mm-hmm. I work with. I'm excited to hear more. The first question I always ask my guests because I've had guests from different parts of the world. Uh, where are you calling from? I am actually calling from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Could you share with us an interesting fact or a fun fact about Columbus that a lot of people would not know unless they live there? Oh, one of the things I love here is the Jenny's ice cream. It's an all-natural ice cream store. Um, a lot of places in the country you can get it like in the pint sizes, but we actually have the actual local stores here. So it's um, a nice little treat and fun thing to go do. That's definitely ice cream and summer is almost here. So that's yes. always, it's always good. In, in, when I make a visit to Columbus, that'll be one of the first places I'll check yes. out. Thanks for the recommendation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I now the next question I love to hear is your story. How you decide? Uh, how you got started? What made you decide to get into this profession? Uh, yeah, please tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I have been in nursing since about 2002. So for the fa- past 15 years, this is almost a second career for me. I actually went to college, um, got out, got a degree in health information, which you tends to lead to a job where you're just sitting in a cubicle doing coding and billing. I did take some of the same science classes as nursing students do, pharmacology, the sciences. And at that time, I just was not ready to deal with the responsibility of having to care for another human being. And so I did the coding and billing thing for a couple years. And then my heart started to change a bit. I was able to go on a trip to El Salvador working with orphans. And I really saw 
the need there for health care. So as soon as I came home from that trip, and that was in 2002, I signed up to be a licensed practical nurse. In some states um, in the U.S., it's licensed vocational nursing. It's about a year-long diploma-type program, and then you go and sit for a a state test. And I worked with children with special needs throughout that, Children that were had feeding tubes, um, had trouble breathing, had trachs or ventilators to help them breathe. And I did that for several years while I slowly um, worked on my bachelor's degree in nursing. And then when I got my bachelor's degree in nursing in 2009, The doors opened for me to try behavioral health. At first, I had no idea what I was getting into, and I thought I wanted to try something different. And for the past six, seven years, I've been working primarily um, with the behavioral health, mental health population, and just absolutely love it. I can sense that you sound very passionate about what you do, and I think yeah. um, I, I think this is just a shout out to all the nurses. I find the it is one of it is a difficult profession, but it's one of those professions where uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a selfless act, right? You, you're you're taking care yeah. for someone else, whether it's physically or mentally. Um, so kudos to you, and uh, you. shout out for all the nurses. So. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. You did mention it's this is a branch within behavioral health, right? Mm-hmm. So, and nursing is a huge ocean. There's so many different branches. Yes. Um, so I'm I want to learn more now. Um, so what does a day to day look like for someone in your position? With behavioral mental health, there are several different branches of this. Um, I have worked in substance abuse type centers in the past where we helped people detox from alcohol and drugs, drugs from opiates, um, being addicted to the benzos, which would be Ativan, Xanax, Valium, alcohol, heroin, all the opiate type medications, and also giving them education, being supportive, of them and giving them resources and tools that they need to find what's really causing the addiction, um, what is causing the self-medication. A lot of times it's that they just haven't dealt with issues in the past and we're just trying to numb their feelings. Um, Another route, which I've also done, is working inpatient psychiatric where you are at the bedside in a hospital and usually it's for patients. Some of the patients are a danger to themselves or others. So they're there on what they call an emergency application, which is 72 business hours, where if they are have threatened suicide, if they've threatened to harm another person, that type of thing, They're brought into the hospital for their own safety and the safety of others. And then also working with patients anywhere that 
after committing a suicide attempt, we will get those patients admitted. We will have patients just dealing with depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, elderly population who has dementia, Alzheimer's, where maybe their medications just aren't effective right now and where they might be getting too aggressive at home or in a nursing facility. Also, we take care of a lot of schizophrenic patients. I know there's a lot of people who are just freak out, scared when they hear that term. Um, there's a lot of functioning people with that, but sometimes they need, need to come into the hospital, get their medications adjusted. And in the hospital, it's providing a lot of support, education, medication, and doing the crisis stabilization with them, linking them up with other resources, and also doing a lot of patients and family education also. Well, wow, that, that does sound like a lot of different tasks uh, yeah. in itself. So yeah. um, I, I, I would like to start off. So uh, what do you think would be some some of the challenges one will face if, let's say, they started to work in your capacity? What are some of the challenges? Um, one of them is having good time management, but also being able to prioritize needs and safety um, because you might have one patient who's experiencing hallucinations and they might be looking at another patient and the other patient just thinks like that this person is talking to them and really they're talking to themselves. Keeping everybody safe, the other patients safe, um, staff, visitors, family, and prioritizing the safety and just really being aware of your surroundings. Also, one of the challenges, even for myself, is how you approach the patients, not coming up, making sudden moves with them, just really having to be aware of your own tone, your own voice, your own insecurities, whatever that is, because there are some patients that they can pick up on that and they can kind of use that against you. But just really being aware of your surroundings, your environment. So it's almost having this heightened sense of awareness. If you hear somebody just start to get loud, you want to go see, okay, are they excited or are they just starting to get elevated a little bit? And then also, I think just with any nursing position, no matter where you work, a big challenge is the nursing patient safety ratios. Um, some states, some hospitals actually do have a ratio of the number of patients you can take, others not so much. Um, so that is one thing that people do need to be aware of, of really how many patients are you taking care of in a day to be able to give that quality of care to them. So a lot of time management, managing yeah. your priorities, things yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, okay, now I would like to ask the flip side. I'm yeah. sure 
you have you've been doing this for the last for the many years as you've described mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you specifically enjoy about uh, what do you do um being able to really listen to my patients to hear their stories it's really easy for me to get what we call report from either the emergency room or maybe the medical floor or from a different facility for a patient that's coming to us and it might sound horrible on paper you know this patient you're thinking oh my god what is going on and not having that judgment um from what you read and being able to leave what you read give them a fresh chance and being able just to hear their stories because once you hear their stories and hear why they made certain choices you get a deeper understanding of what they're going through and being able just to be that safe place for them to share for them to tell their story for them to be heard and to be able just to give them that support and encouragement and resources that they need um, to help prevent them from coming back. And I've been able to see some of my patients out in the community. Uh, We had one young lady and she was a mom. She was addicted to drugs. And she'd come through our program. And recently I was at a fundraiser that my friend was putting on for Silver Living House. And she ran up to me and gave me like the biggest hug ever. And, you know, was just so thankful that I had been her nurse and she introduced me to her daughter. So it was really great to see that because once our patients leave, a lot of times we don't get to see how they're doing and we just hope for the best for them. So at the end of the day, you feel good about making some, I mean, drastic changes in someone's life, right? Yeah, and yeah, even, absolutely. You may, even you may not see them, you know that feeling is uh, irreplaceable. Um, okay, wonderful. So someone listening to this or maybe someone already has a, an idea of what they want to become in this career, how does one go about becoming uh, a psychiatric nurse or basically how do they get started? There's actually like two different routes people can go. Well, maybe, well, three. You can, if you don't have a nursing background, you can actually do, for Ohio, you can do the licensed practical nursing route, um, which is about a year or so depending on your school. That is a diploma type program and you would sit after you completed your coursework and clinical work, you would sit for the Ohio State Board for LPN or you could go the route of going through an associate's degree nursing program, which is about two years, two and a half, depending on your prerequisites or what other experience you and you then would take do your coursework, do the clinicals and then sit for the state boards and you would actually get a degree and then take your state boards and then you would be considered a registered nurse. With the LPN, LVN, you're still considered still considered a nurse, you just can't say you're a registered nurse. 
And you can always do a bachelor's type program. Also, if you didn't have your RN license before that and were, because um, you also can go, if you have an associate's degree, you can then go on for a bachelor's degree. If you already have your RN from having the associate's degree, you don't have to retest for your state boards. I know that's a question we get a lot from the nurses. Do, oh my gosh, do I have to re-take um, this exam? No, you don't, which is good for them. If you don't have that prior RN and just go straight through for a bachelor's, you would be taking the same test as somebody with an associate's degree. And then there's actually a couple other different type of programs it, that they're coming out with for nursing. If you already have a bachelor's degree and something else, there are a couple universities where then you would do a bridge program, take nursing aides classes, and then do your nursing classes, and then it would be a master's type, a master's degree type program. And then there are some programs that still have, if you have your associate's degree, you can go into also a master's program. And then once you have enough experience being an RN, you can, and it needs to be in mental health, you have to be an RN for so many years, then have so many years working, particularly in mental health, and then having so many continuing education hours just in mental health, you can actually take a certification exam as well. Interesting. So there are different paths. Yes, uh, yes. So one thing, I, two th- two questions I had based on what you just mentioned right now. You mentioned state licensing or state exams. Yes. Does that mean if someone becomes a registered nurse in Ohio, they can't practice in Minnesota? Do they have to, does each state have its own uh, system? Actually, that's a great question. It depends on the state you live in, actually, because there are some states, and right now I forget how many, that are in what they call the nursing compact, where if you, for example, if you worked in Minnesota, then you would be able to work in Arkansas without having any fees. Most states, you can apply to the state then you want to work in, and they will give you a license for a fee Living in Ohio, when I used to live in Toledo, and then Michigan was just five minutes away, depending on how fast I wanted to drive. I also had gotten my Michigan nursing license. I was tested in Ohio because that's where I lived. And then I just applied to the Michigan state boards, paid them some money. I think it was like 50 or $60 at the time. And then I got my license. Um, for them, which was considered by endorsement versus by exam, because they wanted to make sure I went to an accredited school. And it takes a while because they're verifying stuff with um, the Ohio State Board that I'm who I say I am, that I do have a nursing degree. However, if I were to take If I would have taken my exam in Michigan and tried to get my license in the state of Ohio, it would be actually different. So is what I suggest is people just need to call 
their particular state and find out and then look online at the state they're going to and look at the nursing board site for the state that they want to practice in. Because some states it might be really easy to get and other states it it just depends. If you work for a travel nursing agency, they make it really easy because they know that the nurses need that for their assignment. Okay, thanks for the clarification on that. You didn't mention degree, you didn't mean, mention certification. If uh, and Is a degree necessary or a certification is good enough? Um, you need a degree to get the certification. Um, however, unless you want to do the license practical nursing, license vocational nursing, you can still work in behavioral health. However, you want um, at this time be able to get the certification. And some places, depending where you work, are really pushing the nurses for certification only because it looks good for them when they, when the hospitals, especially in a hospital setting, um, they try and get what they call magnet status. And they look at how many nurses have bachelor's degrees, how many have are in degrees, how many are the LPNs, um, LVNs. They also look at how many people have certification because their thinking on this, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, is that if you have nurses that have, have all these degrees certifications, then that's gonna attract the doctors because some doctors wanna work at magnet-type hospitals they get this certification because they think it's going to bring like the best doctors, that type of thing. And it really doesn't have anything to do with that. I've worked with nurses who work in mental health who don't have a certification and they are some of the best nurses ever. Um, It's kind of one of those things just because you can pass a test doesn't mean you're good at what you do. (laughs) Sometimes it means you can just take a test really well. I myself am studying to get the certification just because it's going to open some other doors in my career for me. And the exam's about four, I'm going to say it's about three or four hundred dollars. And then there's the review book, I'm going to say is about a hundred. And then there's actually a review class that you can also do. So Jennifer, the question I have, next question I have is someone started in the career, let's say they're just getting started. What does an ideal career path look like? Where where can this take them? That is a great question. And also one of the great things about nursing is that there is no right or wrong path. Um, I think somebody really needs to figure out, is this something that they want to do? Is this really something for them? And with nursing, there's so many different avenues to go into, even um, for mental health. I mean, I started off as an LPN, and then I have worked in substance abuse facilities, intensive psychiatric um, care units, as well as just regular hospital bedside. There also is more with behavioral health, a lot of hospitals 
still do, um, and some nursing schools don't talk about this, they still do the ECT, which is the electroconvulsive therapy. It is much safer than it was years ago. So the majority of time that is done outpatient. So if you still want to work in mental health and not sure about working with that type of population, ECT working down there, little less invasive. It's called TMS. It's transmagnetic stimulation where it's almost like the ECT, but you're not um, invoking a seizure. You're not giving them anesthesia. So there are just so many opportunities just in mental health to give back and teach others. And you can create your own path um, depending where it is that you want to go. There's also ways to get into leadership, administration, all those type of things. So that's the great thing. There's no right or wrong path. It's just once you get in there and get a little bit of experience, then you can see what's right for you and then um, begin to create your own path like I did. That's fantastic. So it sounds like there's multiple paths. Uh, You can choose where you want to take it that's that's all that's always exciting in any type of job giving people the control and where they want to go you can also go into case management or utilization review working for insurance companies also interesting interesting so you're Mm -hmm. moving away from nursing you're going into more of a in the corporate world that's interesting as well yes yes so there's just so many up There are just so many opportunities. Um, So many people, when they think just of nursing, they think of just nursing at the bedside or nursing in a nursing home or a doctor's office. But there are so many opportunities and it's just amazing. So the final question I have is what advice would you personally give to someone who wants to get started in your field today? Well, the advice I'd give is before you even signed up for nursing school, find some nurses in different fields and just spend one or two hours talking to them, asking them what they like, don't like, the challenges they face, kind of like this, and see if there's a way you could shadow with them uh, where they worked just to get an idea of what it's really like, um, because TV glamorizes nursing some way. I swear it's not like Grey's Anatomy or some of the (laughs) other shows you see, like House, ER, um, that type of thing. And really see if it's something you want to do, because there is a bit of time and financial investment while you go to school. And the time for not just school, you're going to, when you're in school, there's also the clinicals that you need to go to. And that's where you're going to a hospital nursing home to gain that clinical experience, which is anywhere from eight to 10 hours a week, in addition to your other coursework. And also getting a mentor, um, somebody that you look up to that works in that field that kind of can give you some guidance and direction And then once you get into nursing and start your career, I highly suggest getting 
some type of coach and not just any coach. I would look for one, A, that has the results you want. Also look at one that actually is a nurse because, and it doesn't matter what type of nursing they're in, because if they are a coach and they're not a nurse, they're just not going to get it. They're, you're speaking two different languages and it's not going to be beneficial to you. They're really not going to understand the day-to-day struggles. They're going to tell you that they are, that it's not different, but these are people that are not responsible for the life of, and the life of somebody else. So they don't understand that stress. Also, setting good boundaries for yourself and self-care because a lot of times once you get into nursing and you get that job you have those student loans to pay for so you want to you know work and get them paid off and work a bunch of shifts that's going to tire you out and you are going to get so burnt out it's okay to say no you cannot work every shift that's available because you're going to get burnt out having good, healthy boundaries, being able to say no, and practicing good self-care. It took me a lot of time to get that and to get there. (laughs) Not going to lie. But those are the things that had really helped me. And also making sure you have a good support system. So when you have a bad day at work, which no matter where you work, it's going to happen. But in nursing, we're working with life and death. Um, There could be a time where a patient dies. Um, It could be a time even a patient could fall and those type of things. And that can be really hard and difficult to process sometimes. So having a really good support system and making sure that you are taking care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself, you cannot give back to your patients. You just can't. And they're going to see that on your face when you walk in the door to take care of them. That's actually a great wrap up and a great advice. Uh, so uh, Jennifer, thank you very much for joining. I, uh, thank you just, so much. Just, yeah. I, I, lo- I loved hearing your story. Uh, your advice and it's always good to speak to someone who really enjoys what they do so it was a pleasure having you as a guest thank you so much you're welcome Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis Podcast. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview, and uh, it will be available as a blog post uh, on the site. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you loved it, uh, definitely go ahead and share it among your network. Uh, until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.